It's October 17, 2022. Time for the Monday edition of the Sports Wagon Podcast. It's your man, Uncle Dub. Hit me up on Instagram and Twitter. It's Uncle Dub, I-T-S-U-N-C-L-E underscore D-U-B. This is episode, check your scorecards, check your programs. This is episode 181. And we welcome you to this episode, Monday edition. So again, thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. A uh, lot of things to go through today. Going to you know get into some things starting, some things ongoing. We'll start with Major League Baseball. So the National League Championship Series is set. Game one, Tuesday night, 8.03 p.m. Fox Sports win the first pitch. The Phillies visit the San Diego Padres. So currently the pitching matchup, U Darvish is going to the hill for the Padres. The Phillies have not named their opening game starter. The National League Championship, I'm sorry, the American League Championship Series, rather, will start on Wednesday. So that's game one. So the Astros are already in. They will host the winner of the Guardians and Yankees series, which will go to game five of their divisional series tonight, 7.07 p.m. TBS. So they're in the boogie down. Aaron Savale will go against Jamison Talon for the Yankees. So the Yankees, game four this uh, yesterday, they win that game four to two in Cleveland. Garrett Cole goes seven strong innings. Uh, eight strikeouts, two earned runs, and that is his second win in two days in this series. Harrison Bader hits a home, a two-run home run, and Wandy Peralta gets his first save of the playoffs. So thus far, the baseball playoffs to me, again, n- no, no big drama. I think this is the first like drama-filled moment of these playoffs because, as you remember, most of the divisional series have been you know over for a while. Um, you know, now we, you know, we had, I think one divisional series that went to full three games. I'm sorry, wildcard games rather went to full three games. The divisional series have been kind of, you know, open and shut. Um, so again, this is really going to be high drama in the Bronx and, uh, you know, Yankee stadium. I mean, whether you're talking about new Yankee stadium or old Yankee stadium, they have seen their share of great moments in October. So this is yet another one. So then the question is, you know, can the Yankees, you know, create, more magic and push their way into the American League Championship Series. So we'll see. So tune in tonight. It's going to be a great game, and uh, I'm excited to see it. And we'll, you know, we'll kind of recap it uh, on Wednesday. NFL. Let's go to the Sunday winners. So NFL Falcons, Patriots, the Jets. The Jets are now four and two. They beat the Packers. The Packers are now three and three. The Colts, the Vikings, the Bengals, the Giants are now five and one. So here's what's crazy: the Giants being five and one. They're not going to play Philly, who won and are now 6-0. and They're not going to play them until, I think, sometime in December. So they, they're going to end the season with that home-and-home home, uh, with Philly. So I was hoping that matchup would come a little bit sooner to kind of see you know how the NFC East is going to fall. But, I mean, right now, I mean, although Philly beat the Cowboys, I still say that this is – still a three-team race here. I mean, you know, Dallas is still in there. I think they're still in there, but, I mean, right now it's Philly's division to lose, but, I mean, they are playing some really good football, and, I mean, they really stepped it up last night. Um, the Steelers beat the Bucks. Man, Tampa Bay just looks all sorts of discombobulated and all over the place. I mean, Tom Brady, I mean, look, we, we've talked about this. You're, you're seeing – how his personal matters are spilling onto the field. The offensive line looked terrible. He had a moment with them. He went and wagged his finger in their face. So, I mean, it's just not good times in Tampa Bay these days. 
uh, additionally winning the Rams, the Seahawks, and the Bills. I mentioned the Eagles already. Monday Night Football, the 2-3 and three Broncos go to Los Angeles to take on the 3-2 and two Chargers, who are 4.5-point favorites. That game, as always, 8-15 on ESPN, and you know the Manning brothers will have their shenanigans on the rest of the ESPN platform. NASCAR, Joey Logano wins the South Point 400 at Las Vegas. He advances to the championship round of four. This is the third win for the season for Logano, his third win at Vegas, and he now advances to his fifth championship race. He won the title in 2018. So this 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 uh, race was very important for a lot of people. Christopher Bell, again, who had to who had that win last uh, last week to get into this round. He, you know, it was, you know, in the thick of things. He is now looking potentially at elimination. Two more races. You know, he's got to go out next week and do some great things. He did not finish. He got caught up in a wreck between Kyle Larson and Bubba Wallace. And that was crazy because Bubba Wallace went at Kyle Larson. And I thought that was going to be a, a knockdown drag out fight on the side of the track. So I'm sure NASCAR is going to you know, have some action, at least for Bubba Wallace. I mean, and and when the accident happened, because Larson tried to make a pass and he put uh, Wallace into the wall and Wallace just kind of came off the wall and tail uh, hit him in the tail, spun him out. They went to the side of the track. They called up the caution flag and all hell just broke loose. So it's going to be interesting. I mean, both of them are not even in the playoff race. Larson got eliminated last week. But I mean, you know, in in the po- in the post accident race, you know, Bubba Wallace was just like, you know, he's like, I did what I did, in so many words. Um, Larson was like, hey, I was wrong, you know. He was he was within his right to be upset. <laughs> now, you know, again, whether he should have gone after him or not, that's not my call. Again, the tension is high. You know, they're trying to win a race. They're not in the playoff fight, but they're just trying to win a race. And that's kind of how, you know, as we say, that's kind of how racing goes. Or um, it's funny, during the interview, uh, Bubba Wallace, they asked him a question. The last question they asked him was, I forget the last question, but he just says, sports, and walks off. <laughs> so I'm just like, huh, well, there you go. There's no love lost there. But it, it's crazy how you uh, have these really tense moments. And then I think one of the questions that the pit reporter asked Kyle Larson, you know, do you think that that was a good move on Bubba Wallace's part due to the fact that, you know, drivers are very concerned about safety and concussions and stuff like that? And Larson's answer was very interesting. He said, well, he goes, he was still in the race. In other words, he would have hit the wall. There's a potential chance he could have. You know, because you get time to try to fix damage. This is what happened to Bell. He just ran out of time. He didn't have enough time to fix the damage or the damage that happened to his car. There wasn't enough time on the clock for them to try to fix it. So Wallace would have been in that situation. He possibly could have gone to the pit, gotten in, you know, because during the well, yellow, there's a certain period of time they opened, they closed the pits. Uh, he would have been allowed in to fix damage. Then once they cleaned the track, they go in for a pit, you know, get tires, gas, whatever. And he said he potentially was still in the race. He didn't have to, you know, retaliate and come after me and tail, you know, hit me in the tail and spin me out. And I said, uh, he, he makes a good point. But in essence, again, he would have been at the mercy of, OK, I hit the wall. How much damage do I have? 
would I have been able to have recovered from that? So he figured, and 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 at the same time too, you do things in the heat of the moment. So he was so angry with how he, you know, how he, you know, made the pass and 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 hit his car, uh, trying to be aggressive. And and Larson admitted, yeah, you know, I I went for it, and you know, it wasn't the best move. And and again, as he said, I understand why he's. Uh, upset but and he's like well he didn't have to come at me but it, it was if you watch the replay it was pretty darn ugly um because uh they send the safety crew to make sure you know everyone's you know out of the cars and you know kind of uh hit hit with the extinguisher if there's any fires and the safety crew is like trying to like I need to get take care of the car. I need some officials to come here and break these two up. So I see this one person going pointing at them, like get them apart. And and I mean, it was bad. I mean, I've seen drivers go at each other. I mean, that was probably I, on a scale of one to ten. That was probably about a four, maybe a five. I mean, I've seen full blown like helmets swinging and actual punches being thrown. That was kind of more of a push and a you know, if you could read lips, I'm sure. Uh, Bubba Wallace was using some uh, some some not family language uh, in the direction of Kyle Larson. So back to Joe Logano's win. Uh, Logano used a late pit stop for new tires. And then once he emerged from the pits, he moved to eighth. At that point, there were about 16 laps remaining in the race. So moving from that point, he used a very strong charge to take over the race leader, Chase Briscoe, to get that win. Briscoe finishes fourth. Denny Hamlin finishes fifth. Um, now, also below the elimination line. So let's talk about the drivers below the elimination line. We just mentioned, mentioned Christopher Bell. So as we said, Christopher Bell said, okay, got to go out next week, have a strong race. Okay, because again, it's racing. Um, also below the, the, be below the elimination line, we got William Byron, uh, Chase Briscoe, although he did finish fourth, and Ryan Blaney. Now, Above the cut line, Ross Chastain, Denny Hamlin, and Chase Elliott. Chase Elliott finished 21st. So, again, it's getting, you know, really, really interesting here in this in this push for that final four. But, again, Joey Logano has secured a spot. There's three spots left. So, we'll kind of recap uh, their next uh, race uh, on the Wednesday show. Let's move over to the association. The NBA basketball is back, baby. Season 76 starts tomorrow night. Two games. Philadelphia visits the TD Garden to take on Boston, 730 on TNT. The nightcap. The Lakers visit the Bay Area to take on the defending champs, the Golden State Warriors. So they raise the banner, get their rings, do all the hullabaloo behind getting an NBA title. And then they'll tip at 10 p.m. or sometime after 10 uh on tnt so you know i i've always said it i i don't know of how how you all <laughs> for the i i really want to see more west coast games but on a school night it's very hard to stay up that late to watch uh, a pro game and especially you know kind of looking at how the season you know kind of wanting to see these teams new season all the things that come along with the new season. We have 12 games on Wednesday. So your TV games on Wednesday, Knicks at Grizzly, 7.30 ESPN. The nightcap, 10 p.m. The Mavericks visit the Suns. So some some more things. So I, a few shows ago, I kind of had some, you know, as preseason was starting, they going to training camp. I said, well, shoot, what are some things to look forward to for the season? So some general questions here. Again, don't have the answers, but I'm sure these are things, some of the things that people will be looking at. Golden State, obvious question. Can Golden State repeat? Um, 
You've got, you know, I think I may have mentioned or I think we had the conversation last week um, about James Wiseman. So, again, this, I think, is his year to really do something. I mean, I like his game. I mean, I enjoyed his game in college. I think he's a really good player. So this is his breakout year. Can he, you know, get it, you know, get it together and really make an impact for Golden State? Um, of course, there's going to be the conversations about, you know, Draymond Green and Jordan Poole. Jordan Poole just got his money. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I mean, Draymond, I really feel like it, it's just his time. I mean, he look, he's won his titles. There was a time where he was hey, he really had more and more of an impact. I mean, again, he's not this great scorer, but he has impacts on the game beyond that. Now it's just like, okay, come on, guy. You got what you you got what you came here for. You got your titles. You got your money. What are we doing? And then we're gonna you know punch a teammate because you just didn't like what he had to say about this particular thing that happened in practice. It's like once you get to that point, I think it's just time to hang it up. Just just stop. I mean, um, that's childish. That's really super childish. But again, we'll see how much of a how much of a storyline again. Draymond, I think I'm trying to remember the the news because I know he stepped away from the team. I think he's back, and you know now it's about okay. I'm gonna try to move forward and you know not you know be a distraction. But how many times has he not been a distraction, but has been a distraction? You know what I'm saying? Or is I'm not gonna be a distraction until the next time he's a distraction. So I don't know. I just really feel like as much as he or this situation doesn't want to be a storyline it kind of could become a storyline i mean not to impact their title run but you know, you know you've always have those those stories in the background of a team trying to accomplish something and it's that one thing and it's just it's just lingering and and it takes away from focusing on the team and you know is the front office going to be like, hey, dude, you need to go? No. I mean, again, he's earned the right to walk away whenever he feels like it, you know, and that's great. But, you know, is he going to just say, hey, I'm done and keep it moving? So we'll see. Um, Milwaukee. Can Milwaukee get back to the finals? I mean, this is a team that, you know, um, you know, won a couple years ago. You know, they are well in the mix, can be in the mix. Um, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how they're going to fare this season. Um, will the the uh, the addition of John Wall help the Clippers? So I think the Clippers were one of the slowest pace of play teams in the in the league last season. So um, Reggie Jackson took a lot of that uh, took a lot of that whole you know directing the offense on his back. So now you get John Wall in there. So hopefully that helps him with pace. That takes some of the pressure off of him. So again. How will John Wall affect that team? Um, the Celtics, I mentioned this a couple weeks ago. Can the Celtics overcome the offseason scandal and injury? Because they are a team that has been hit with injury. But you've got, they brought in Malcolm, Bro Malcolm Brogdon, uh, former Rookie of the Year. Uh, they've got, you know, some, some, they've got some guys. Um, can they put it all together on their interim coach to get back to the finals and maybe potentially hoist another banner. Again, questions. So some things to think about. Um, can the 76ers get over the hump? 
<laughs> I mean, I, it, it again, this is a fan base that they 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 know you got I love Philly fans because I love Philly teams. Like I I I'm a Philadelphia Phillies fan. I have been f- since I've been a little kid. Baseball. Um and, and I you know and I followed the Sixers when I was a kid too because I, I love Dr. J. I love Moses Malone, loved all those guys. So so there's a there's a special place in my heart for the 76ers. And it's and I can understand how frustrating it is because you say, okay, you know, you put together these guys, you got hard, you got Embiid, you got so many good guys, but then you you do all this work, you get to the playoffs, and nothing. It's like so I know Philly fans are like, okay, this is our year, and 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 you feel it because you know you you know you you know what you got, and it's not like you guys are terrible. You're a good team, but it's like my God, it's like can you get over the hump? So is this the year Philly gets over the hump? We'll see. Um, the Grizzlies. So are the Grizzlies ready to take that next leap? You know they they've got youth. Are they ready to take that next leap? Um, the impact of the rookies. That, that's the one thing. That I think is probably the most the most fun thing about an NBA season. I mean, we we always have those few players that jump off the page. So maybe a journeyman who's been in the league for a while, or somebody who you know maybe they were just a role player and then all of a sudden they just make a big impact. But the rookies, the it's going to be fun to watch these kids grow into this game and into this league and and become potentially the next big stars in this league. So. I mean, so many. I mean, there are probably a hundred other questions we could ask about this NBA season, but those are the things that I was thinking about. Oh, just came up one more. Um, the Pelicans. I'm interested to see the Pelicans because, again, you know, Zion uh, with that, just that amazing transformation. So now, you know, how the Pelicans going to look. So, again, th- again, those are what, uh, five, seven, eight. So I had eight questions, and we could probably an- an- ask 80 more about this upcoming season. So it's going to be exciting to watch, but again, day one tomorrow or night one tomorrow. And we go from there. We got 81 games after tomorrow night. So we'll see (laughs) how this thing is going to pan out. And of course, you know, you're going to get your Christmas games or they're going to show you a thousand games during Christmas day. And and so it's going to be real fun and interesting. Uh, So news and notes from the NBA, NBA hall of famer Dikembe Mutombo is undergoing treatment for a brain tumor. Um, So as we know, you know, you know, the number second in NBA all time in blocks Um, played 18 years for six teams retired in the 2008, 2009 season, eight time all-star three time, all NBA four time defensive player of the year, 2015 Naismith inductee, um, and uh, per a statement released by the NBA on behalf of his family, um, they said that he is in great spirits. He's undergoing treatment in Atlanta. Um, but again, outside the court, and this is kind of, again, one of those things that we want to focus on on this uh, podcast. Outside of the sport, he has done so much from a humanitarian standpoint. So with, uh, with uh, the basketball, the African Basketball League, and he works with so many charities to just promote um, just a better world for all of us. So, you know, my prayers and my best wishes go up for Dikembe Mutombo, such a great person. I don't know him personally, but, you know, you hear all the things that he, he's doing and has done. And, you know, you just want him to be uh, still with us um, because of all the great things that he does for so many people. All right, when we take a break, we're going to come back. And, of course, what we do on Mondays, we recap college, college football 
What a great weekend that we had. We'll get to it in just a moment. everybody welcome back so let's talk college football exciting 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 stuff first let's start off with the week eight ap top 10 and we'll go through some of the movement in the top 25 number one georgia remains at uh number one with 31 first place votes remaining in number two is ohio state with 17 first place votes tennessee the volunteers get 15 first place votes and move into third place they move up three spots Michigan up one spot to four. Clemson one spot down to five. Six through ten. Alabama drops from three to six. Ole Miss moves up from nine to seven. TCU moves up from 13 to eight. So that's the biggest move into the top ten. UCLA up two to nine. And Oregon up two to number ten. So the big movers this week in the top 25. Illinois moves up six spots to 18. NC State and Mississippi State both drop eight spots. NC State is 23rd. Mississippi State is 24th. Entering the poll this week, North Carolina returns at number 22. And the Green Wave of Tulane enter at number 25. Exiting the poll this week will be James Madison and Kansas. So what did I learn this week? Uh, let's see. Um, Tennessee. Tennessee, Alabama. Let's go and say it. That was the best game of the that's the best game of the year so far. I mean, what a game. But that field goal, <laughs> I'm gonna tell you right now, that field goal scared the heck out of me. Because you see a kick and you go, okay, you see it, boom, it goes up, and you go, okay, that kick got something behind it. So it wasn't a super, super, super long field goal. If I remember, I don't remember the the, the yardage, but as I'm watching that ball go up, I'm watching that thing go side to side, not end over end and i'm going this doesn't look good but that thing had just enough energy that thing got wings it looked like a wounded duck 
<laughs> headed towards the headed towards the uh, the goalposts. And when that thing crossed, I'm going, you've got to be kidding me. I mean, pandemonium, sheer pandemonium in Knoxville. And I tweeted, they just need to cancel class. No, if anyone shows up to class, they're all going to be drunk. No one's going to get anything done this week in Knoxville. <laughs> I saw tweets like Knoxville will not exist after the weekend. I mean, what a great win. On Alabama's side, Bryce Young, I mean, that man played some football. Nick Saban basically said, you know, our defense, eh, you know, that ain't it, Chief. That's essentially short Nick Saban and kind of talking about the defensive performance. And, and you know, he, he's, he's, the defensive, he's the defensive mastermind here. So we know he expects more from his guys um, when we're talking about defense. So, you know, it's... I was expecting, and I believe I said it was going to be a close game. So, um, yeah, uh, just, just I, I'm speechless. Just such a good game. But Josh Heupel, um, just think about how long it took Tennessee to find a coach. I think it was, what, Heupel? Before Heupel, was there three guys before Heupel? And none of them panned out. Heupel comes in, and he's got them rowing in the right direction and you got to love it. Um, so this team with this, you know, veteran quarterback, um, you know, these receivers, I mean, they've got so much going for them uh, in Knoxville and it's going to be fun to watch uh, what's going to happen because man, yeah, this season just got that much better. So much drama uh, in this season, the season, SEC. I mean, shush. Man, this SEC is gonna be crazy. I mean, this the, the from this point on, whoever wins the SEC got the keys to the bus. They're they they're driving this thing. Um, because if you look at the top four, so let's just look just at the top four. So Georgia, Ohio State, Tennessee, Michigan. So the top four teams are either SEC or Big Ten. And we know Georgia, Tennessee is coming. I think that's gonna be the first Saturday in November. So that's coming. That's coming really soon. So both of these teams are on a collision course. So, again, if they keep doing what they're doing, they're on a collision course. Tennessee has to go to Athens. So they're going to play this one between the hedges. That's going to be great. And we all know Ohio State, Michigan, you know, I think what they're going to be in uh, Columbus this year, I believe. Yeah, I think they're going to Columbus this year. So this is just going to this just gets better and better and better and better. Um, Syracuse, I told y'all Syracuse is going to be NC State. I also told y'all Tennessee is going to be Alabama. But anyway, don't know if I listen to me. Anyway, um, Syracuse, um, I was watching that game and I like how they put that game away. Um, again, what, what a season they're putting together. Dino Babers, I think right now, I think Dino Babers right now, I think I said Dino Babers, and I still got Mike Elko as your two leaders in the clubhouse right now for ACC Coach of the Year. Um, although Duke lost against Carolina, and they were at that game, I watched the first half of that game, they were getting, they were digging into UNC. What the heck happened? I didn't catch the second half, but I'm just like, what happened? I was just like, they got this. I mean, the way they're running that offense, I mean, Riley Leonard, that guy, he is very dynamic. And what is it about ACC schools 
in North Carolina with quarterbacks named Riley. First Wake Forest had Riley Skinner. Now you got Riley Leonard. What? <laughs> Help me out with that guy. Where are you finding these Rileys? Because these guys are pretty darn talented uh, from what I've been seeing. But Syracuse, uh, I mean, they did it. They did it all offensively. Um, the defense, man, I, I knew their defense was good, but they really came after uh, North Carolina State's backup quarterback. I guess I got away from me or got under my radar that Devin Leary was hurt, so he's done for the season. He's got a torn peck. So either that broke either after my show or around the time I, I did the show. I remember hearing he had an injury, but I didn't know how serious it was. But that's going to be the thing for NC State. They've got a dynamic offense, but – They've got a backup quarterback running it, so he's got to get in the system. But what Syracuse did is they, again, they went after him, and that's what you do. you got to disrupt them. If you give any quarterback who can look at the defense and have time to run through their progressions, they're going to pick you apart. And that's, you know, speaking about my Cavaliers, that's what they're having a problem with. No one's getting penetration, so it's kind of what do we do? Do we penetrate? and try to disrupt the quarterback, or do we drop back and try to stop these wide receivers from finding all these spots in the zone? You can't do both, so you got to pick your poison. But anyway, getting out I'm a big fan of getting out the quarterback. Get after them, move them, run them, do something. But again, you know how offensive coordinators can do. They can kind of, you know, kind of move the pocket and do a lot of interesting things, little creative things to kind of keep their quarterback upright to allow them to run through their progressions and make these throws. But again, you know, I'm not a football guy, but I, I listen to a lot of smart people who kind of help me understand the game a little bit better. Um, speaking of team, my teams, ODU, Old Dominion went to Conway, South Carolina and laid the wood on Coastal Carolina. So previously undefeated Coastal Carolina, they laid them out 49 to 21. When I was picking through the scores on Saturday, I go, wait a minute. Are you serious right now? So I turned it on ESPNU to watch like the last maybe six, seven minutes of the game. And what a tremendous effort. Uh, ODU is now 2-0 in the eastern part of the Sunbelt Conference. And the Sunbelt, I said it before, I said it again. If you have not watched Sunbelt football, please tune in. Lots of good football in that conference. ODU, Coastal, JMU, Georgia Southern, which I think they're coming to their house next week. Uh, Marshall, so many good teams in the Sunbelt. Um, yeah, I mean, you... I cannot stress this enough. So fun times in the Sun Belt, but that I did not even see that coming because I looked at that game. I said, should I call this game? I said, eh, I'm going to pass on that one. But um, but in the postgame interview, uh, ODU head coach Ricky Ronnie was asked about, you know, the exposure, just getting on, you know, having a game on national television. And he goes, it's great for our program, great for our kids and kind of in some ways said a lot of the same things that um, you get to see not just how good our team is, but you kind of get to see how good the conference is. And, and as we see anything in, in general in football and sports in general, anything can happen on any day. And old dominion really, really showed up on Saturday. So shout out to the Monarchs. Great stuff. Um, Stanford, Notre Dame. I don't know how to feel about that game because I saw that in the schedule. I'm going, eh, I'm not going to bother. Because in my head, I'm thinking, okay, Notre Dame got this. 
Tanner McKee played how we believe we knew he could play. I think he threw for 288 yards. Um, the Stanford defense was very disruptive, and Stanford gets a, a two-point win. So Notre Dame is now 3-3. Three and three. Their next three games, they got UNLV at home, and I think they go to Syracuse and get Clemson at home. I'm going to be honest with you, and I'm probably going to be totally wrong here. They go one and two the next three games. So they're currently three and three. They go one and two their next three. That means they're four and five. Now, they got a chance to be bowl eligible. So at four and five, they can still get two wins and be bowl eligible. Now, as I said previously, I think on a few shows ago, they're not going to go to like the, you know, they're not going to go to the, you know, New Year's Six or anything like that. What they were in the Fiesta Bowl last year or something. They're going to go to a bowl. It's just not going to be the bowl everyone thinks they're going to go to. But again, stranger things have happened. They potentially could turn this thing around and maybe run off four straight and that'll make them what, seven and three. Who knows? I mean, but I don't know. The next three, they should beat UNLV. Should. I'm going to kind of put the strong emphasis on should again i don't want to take any with any way anything away from unlv they're you know probably better than we think but you got to attack your opponent the same way you you know attack them the same way you attack every opponent you just got to go out and play football do the th- do your job <laughs> here coach do your job <laughs> and play fundamental football this is all you got to do so and of course it sounds easier said than done but nevertheless that's what they got to do but they should be unlv Syracuse, I don't know. Syracuse, the way they're playing, I think Syracuse beats Notre Dame. And Clemson, again, Clemson is the team in the Atlantic until someone else says otherwise. Their last chance or their last big obstacle is going to be Syracuse. And that's going to be a really good game. And I don't know when that game is. I feel like that game is coming out really soon because I didn't get a chance to look at I looked at the Week 8 schedule briefly but I really feel like they're going to play them very soon. Let's see. This week, um, oops, week eight. Ha ha. Uh, oh, well, there you go. Clemson Syracuse is this coming Saturday. <laughs> well, there's your answer, Demi. Um, so there you go. So noon ABC, uh, Clemson and Syracuse. That's going to be fun. So there we go. So we get our answer uh, a lot sooner. So again, if Syracuse, uh, and they're home for that one, right? I just got off of it. Uh, so Syracuse wins that game then that's then that puts them in the driver's seat for the uh yeah no damn it uh no they go they go to that's right they go to death valley so even tougher task but i think syracuse is more than up for the task uh to take down clemson so we'll look at that game uh next next uh later in the week Michigan State is three and four. They really, 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 I cannot emphasize how much they needed that win against Wisconsin. So Wisconsin's reeling, Michigan State's reeling. You know, I think when you look at both those teams, you know, you get, you know, Wisconsin always comes with the toughness. Michigan State, you know, they they have weapons, um, but they really need that win badly because I I don't know. I mean, the, the fan base ain't happy. Um, you know, Mel Tucker's kind of, I mean, last year he, he had Kenneth Walker, get Kenneth Walker. They were really just walking over teams last year. I mean, no pun intended, but this year they're struggling and they need that win badly. So now where do they go from here? It's going to be interesting to see. Um, my, what is up with, I already talked about Notre Dame. Um, 
Oh, JMU. JMU now 5-1. and one. They lost to Georgia Southern, who's 4-3. and three. So, as I mentioned, Georgia Southern goes to Norfolk to play ODU um, this coming week. So, that would be an interesting matchup. So, I actually may call that game. We'll see how it goes. Um, so, let's see. For the Week 8 games, I took a quick gander to Week 8 games. But outside of uh, Syracuse-Clemson, you got Kansas-Baylor. Uh, hmm. Indiana Rutgers, Duke, Miami. Uh, I mentioned UNLV, Notre Dame. Ah, UCLA and Oregon. So a top 10 matchup. So I'm willing to bet you. I don't know where college game day is going to be, but I have a feeling they're probably going to be going there. Texas, Oklahoma State. Um, Wake Forest hosts Boston College. I mean, BC's two and four. They're not. I don't know if they are that bad, but again, I think. If I recall correctly, looking at their schedule, I feel like they've lost um, a few a few close games. Not that many. I mean, they they got the doors blown off by Florida State. They got a close win against Louisville. Um, again, Clemson smacked them around uh, not too long ago. So yeah, it's yeah. So it's going to be interesting. That's that. I think that's an interesting game. I don't think it's going to be one that's going to jump off the page marshall james madison so a number of interesting games uh coming up this week uh alabama tries to rebound at home against mississippi state uh penn state gets minnesota um washington and cal i think cal lost oh cal lost to colorado so cal's now three and three (laughs) i mean who'd have thunk it so they get their first win at home against cal and i thought cal was a better team than that but is the season about to go the other way for Cal? We'll see how that goes. But that's it. So that's episode 181, ladies and gentlemen. So again, wanted to talk through uh, the uh, last week in college football. Actually, let's see. My picks for last week, 15 games, I went 9-6. and six. <laughs> So look at so listen to this. I went 3-1 and one at noon. Great. I went 2-1 and one, uh, in the 3.30 slate. And then the evening slate from 7 to 8. 9 p.m. I went four and four. <laughs> Darn you, New Mexico State. Duke, I ooh, I'm mad at Duke. <laughs> I'm real mad at Duke because they had them. And Kentucky, Mississippi State, I took Mississippi State. That one could have gone either way, but you know, whatever. Um, oh, TCU beat Oklahoma State in overtime. What was that? Uh, I think that was like 40, 43, 44, something crazy like that. Anyway, they score 80 some odd points. So I don't know what the over under one that is, but typical Big 12 football. And you know that it was high scoring prior to going to overtime. So they were, they were probably about 70 points prior to overtime. So there you go. <laughs> but anyway, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we'll we'll strive to get better. Uh, this week, and I'll probably end up, yeah, I might do my picks on Friday. We'll see how it goes, because this is the big week, so the headquarters is officially moving this week, so we'll see. We'll play it by ear how the episode will get laid down, or it might be a short episode, but anyway, we'll get you an episode between Wednesday and Friday to kind of get you all caught up on everything, and as I always do, thank you for listening. I appreciate the time. Make sure that you like, you rate, you subscribe to the show. Tell a friend. Um, my email's in the show notes. If you have questions or comments, or hit me up on Instagram and Twitter. It's Uncle Dub, I-T-S-U-N-C-L-E underscore D-U-B. 
And until I talk to you again, hopefully on Wednesday, remember to continue to take care of yourself, look out for yourself, do what you can to stay healthy, and also remember to drink your water and mind the business that pays you. Peace. Thank you for listening to the latest episode of the Sports Wagon Podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, please subscribe, rate, review, and tell a friend about the show. You can also send me a voicemail or send me a message on Twitter or Instagram at It's Uncle Dub. That's I-T-S-U-N-C-L-E underscore D-U-B. Also, please consider supporting the podcast at buymeacoffee.com backslash sports wagon pod. I really appreciate your support. Thank you.